Welcome to another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. This is Paul. We'll be joined by John tonight. You can get us on the Love Sport Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Get me at Paul underscore football and John at Lambic Peach on Twitter. This is the Love Sport Podcast and we are more than 10% weird. Welcome to another Love Sport podcast. Got my beautiful co-host John with us tonight. How are you, mate? Hey, mate. Uh, it's good to hear from you. Um, finally, you've allowed me to get kind of be like a, a semi-dilled pickle on a sandwich waiting, um, but I'm ready to go. Yeah, I tried to dodge you. I thought um, that might be better going hand solo. Um, we always get le- uh, less, le- you know, less listens when I uh, talk. So uh, let's get into it, mate. So. Okay. Any, anything you want to start with there? Mate, I'll tell you what, what a great week of um, football. The Euro's been sensational. Um, terrible week of rugby league. The origin was awful. And um, uh, it was a neutral week of AFL because the Lions didn't play. So that's it. The um, Talking about AFL, though, the, the buy rounds. I don't know. I, I, I understand the whole concept of a buy. What do you think about like a mid-season break instead of the, it being split over three weekends? They're trying to do split rounds like the uh, rugby league has done. Uh, and I was going to actually ask you a couple of weeks ago when I was waiting, I was actually sitting around and thought, oh, I'm going to watch the NRL tonight, mm-hmm. uh, Thursday night. I was like, yeah, and I tell you, I've got a Thursday night. Uh, I've cleared the decks. Um, the I don't need to pick anyone up. I don't need to drive anywhere. Um, the wife has got the car. She's going to work out. I'm not. Blah, 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 all that. Dinner's cooked. I'm going to watch some AFL and some rugby league. Mm-hmm. And then not just one wasn't on, but I go to nine gem, uh, seven gem. That's not on. It's like got Poirot or some crap. They both took the same Thursday nights off. I thought, you know what? I wonder <laughs> sometimes if they're colluding with each other. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, what if there's ever a chance to watch Thursday night game and I took it and that was the one night in the whole season when neither was on? Because it usually get frustrated going, oh, you got to flip between the two, two between the two or whatever. But I was dead set on for it that night and neither was available and they just seemed to love doing it at the same time as each other. And I don't Mate, know. Um, I, I mean, collusion and TV networks and sport, that, that couldn't possibly happen. There's no way. Um Nah, I just can't see that ever happening. Um, mate, your favourite casino in the whole world is Crown Casino, am I correct? Where is that? I don't know, but there is a reason behind it. <laughs> right, okay. Okay, yeah, um, well then I'll say um, no. But anyway. Okay. Well, the, the reason I ask this is that, um, you know, roulette, um, there's no – it's pure chance, right? because it's 35 mm. to one for the numbers, 37 um, numbers out there, if not more on some tables. Uh, mm. Blackjack, unless, unless you unless it's one pack of cards, there's no skill because you can't count, right? Because they have mm. eight, nine, 10 decks. Mm. Poker, is poker a skilled sport? Is it a sport? Uh, I'm not a gambler, right? But mm-hmm. I have, I have, I have looked at, and I, and I don't like cards. And, and playing cricket, especially like in the in the nineties and the uh, and the late eighties, was like there was always people swearing by cards. And I always thought, you know what? If there was an opportunity to take all my clothes off, <laughs> grab a freshly sort of like sheathed thing of honeycomb honey, rub it all over my body, and roll around a bull ant's nest. I'd rather have done that than play cards. But having said that, um, I do believe that in poker, well, you ha- I think that you have to be quite smart. I think not for the cards, but in reading other people's emotions. And mm. so I will give it, I think they're more like a, a football or a, or a baseball manager. Yep. Um, but, you know, as far as being a sport, no, no. It's ridiculous. It's like calling chess a sport. I just, I just love when people say that it's, um, it's about luck because, for me, why would the same people win every year? 
you know, the World Series of Poker or, or in all those different kind of things. So I don't think it's a sport, but it, it rates unbelievably apparently on the ESPN channels and stuff like that as well. Well, and I think go, it's, it's drama, isn't it? I think so. I think it's actually the drama of watching people go head to head and everything. I I do. But uh, I was arguing about I have watched it. Day. I prefer it to UFC. Well, I love the UFC because <laughs> I love the history of it. And I'm a massive I'm a massive fight fan. So I, I yeah. I, I suppose okay. You put up the biggest boxing fight ever, and you put up the biggest UFC fight ever. There's no comparison, right? You're gonna go people our age, you're going to go to boxing, aren't you? Like, I, I, you know, I, I can't even see that as, a, as an argument. But younger people, talk to them. They're, they don't want to watch boxing at all, but they will watch UFC from 9 o'clock on Sunday morning till 2 or 3 in the, you know, in the afternoon. I, feel so, I, I don't think any sport's fallen further than boxing has um, from the time when we were kids to what it is now. And the Floyd Mayweather stuff the other week, was just a confirmation of that. And it made me sad because there's so many um, people working hard in the boxing So Hey, and look, when I say I don't like UFC, I, don't get me wrong, I completely respect what those guys do. All that means is I don't want to watch it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't actually want to watch it. It's like I don't want to watch basketball and I don't want to watch uh, – what else do I like? Oh, Tennis. That doesn't mean I, I, I'm hating on the organisation or people doing well on it or whatever like that. I really don't care. I'm happy with all that. I They're just don't want to watch it. viewing sports of choice, yeah. I mean, no, because you can't you know, like everything. We'd like too much stuff. you got to cut think, some stuff out. I, I don't know how to. I, I, watch the, uh, I watch the World Surfing Tour. I, I'm a nutter. No, but see, now, I, we don't all agree on motorsport, but I, I love um, motorbikes um, in oh. all the different categories. Um, yep. And I used to like Formula One, but I don't really anymore. But touring cars bore the tripod. Now, I, I've got a lot of friends who love it, and if I'm hanging around with them and we go to an event, yeah, okay, I'm not an idiot. I can go and say, oh, hey, you're going to the pits, we're going to do – you know that? I can yeah. – you know, it's fun. Yep. That doesn't mean that when I come home, I'm just going to be in full immersion on, geez, I wonder what's happened since Ford and Holden both pulled out of Australia – and who is anyone following? I don't care. But it's funny you say that, that right? Because sense? yeah, it definitely does. I mean, we, we, I know we're segueing and going all over the place. But one of the things that really interested me about what you just said is about viewing habits and and how they change and everything, right? Mm. Head high tackles in NFL, NRL, you know, AFL, and so forth. We could see the viewing habits change. I mean, who would have thought? that 30 years ago, boxing wasn't going to be something people wanted to watch. You know, boxing was, you know, you, you could go through any names you want, the big the big heavyweight fights, and everyone wants to watch them, right? Mm-hmm. That's changed, hasn't it? That's changed pretty quickly. Well, I don't think you've got to go back to the, to the, to the 1970s. I think if you go right, right back to um, the year um, BC um, 450, people like gladiator contests. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you go back to the original Olympics, what was on it? Boxing, wrestling, throwing, and running. Yeah. And it's that all that stuff. It's like you know, there's an, the there's individual events, but then there's the absolute honesty of just uh, tell you what we're going to do. We're going to stand here, and we're going to see who, and you know what? Don't cancel me. See who's the better man in the fight, right? And I don't. Yep. That's just the way that it's been written about over a long time, right? I didn't write that. It's not me who came up with that. That's the old way that they always looked at boxing and wrestling. And, oh, definitely. And I think that uh, there's nothing purer than – I'm I'm actually – I spend my whole life these days in search of pure sporting moments. I think so many things have been diluted, taken away, removed, mm. and – and, and, and infiltrated by the ESPNization of sport that I love. That's why, that's why I love coaching my girls' footy team so much. Yep, yep. There's, there's two sets of girls. It doesn't, you know, you don't know where they come. It's like we're just going to go out on a field. The field's not perfect. There's a referee. We're going to get on with it. We're going to play. We come off after, you know, the time's up. Everyone shakes hands. And, and it was fun. And it was only for that. Like, and... It's not 
it's not got any other things to it. You know, I hate it when um, you see stuff about, you know, uh, parents um, and people invading pictures and stuff like that. I've never seen that happen with anything I do. But that's what I want as a pure sporting contest with just two evenly matched people. And let's see who wins. And if you win, you go great. And if you lose, you go great. And if you win, you don't give it to the other team. And if you lose, you don't go and blame the referee. It's like, just let's just play. Well, it's, we, I keep jumping around based on what you're saying tonight because that was something um, Richmond um, playing West Coast on Sunday night had the game absolutely wrapped up in the last quarter. Did a, did quite a few things on Richmondy. Um, I suppose they didn't defend very well, all these things. But all you could hear from half our supporters were the umpiring decisions. They were bad, but we lost the game. You know, as much as the umpires made decisions that were, you know, pretty ordinary decisions, when you're 22 points up with eight or nine minutes to go, you lose the game. You know, like mm. we missed passes. We didn't we didn't take it on. We we had guys clear in the 15. We, we, we got selfish. And so it's really interesting to, you know, it was great to see Richmond supporters like myself saying, no, we actually lost the game. The umpires were bad. Yep, I could whinge about that. And I did a poll, you know, like I always do, you know, who was to blame? And it was really refreshing to see a few hundred votes that I think 60 or 70% of Richmond supporters said we lost the game. Because how often you hear it these days, oh, in the third quarter, that you know, this happened, or... You're a Newcastle fan. All I hear as a Villa fan at the moment is you only stayed up because a VAR didn't work or, or the line decision didn't work. Do the people realise there was still seven or eight games to go in the season when, when that happened? Like, I hate that stuff. I yeah, don't know. There's swings and roundabouts. Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Um, there's no asterisks on the Brisbane Lions 2019 season when they went against GWS that says, asterisks in the books that says, one of the worst ever umpiring decisions has ever been given <laughs> against a team um, was that throw that came out of the pack that led to the jab. Like it just doesn't happen. Well, look at round one. With so you have to get you have to you have to actually rise above that and go. Okay, well, GWS actually put on one of the worst ever performances in the grand final as well. Um, better them than us, I'm sure we would have been better than them than they were, but. You know, um, I, I've always harked back to it's a great thing. It's big. It used to be big in the NFL, but it seems to be disappearing because they're all becoming um, tainted by the same media crap that ESPNization of sport that they want to blame someone every time. I used to love NFL. One of the best things I loved about the NFL was mm. the, the um, umpire is so amazingly on point for the speed of the game with all the umpires they've got. The They do replays. Okay, they work it out. But was that the the coaches always would say the best coaches like Belichick would say it wasn't about the referee or the umpire. If we had it done what we were taking care of business, we win. Oh, I'm so happy you said that because that is exactly how I felt about the rich. I was gutted when we lost the West Coast. Like there are losses, and you know you've had a couple this year. There are losses that you go, the other team was better, and there are losses where you go, what? How did that happen? And I was yeah. gutted, but I was so happy that our coach didn't come out and say it was the umpires. I'm so happy that a big majority of our supporters didn't either. And my dad and I were talking about it, and we've got to get my dad on this podcast, mate. He is we've got to get your dad on. I love Gaz, mate. I'd love to have him on. <laughs> He's just technologically struggling at the moment. Um, put so a pair of headphones on and, and you know, give him a phone number. It's not that hard. But, Paul, do you think, honestly, how many – you know, I'm going to go to a guy who's a perennial complainer about referees and whatever you want to call it, Ricky Stewart, right? Yep. Do you think that there's a referee involved in the NRL who's made as many errors in their time as Ricky Stewart's made as a coach or a player? <laughs> um, you, you, and he's you, a great, great player and a great coach. No, you'd have to. Um, you'd be uh, you'd be really struggling to try and pull a name out. It'd be pretty unfair. But uh, no, I, I agree. I mean, is it part of him deflecting, or is he just that much of a? Yeah, yeah. I, I like him too because the other. The, then there's a the flip side of this argument that says that I don't want to have everyone being as boring as bats piss when they're talking about games and stuff like that. And I like his emotion. I think he's a me. Me and my brother James. 
who's far more intelligent than me, better looking, <laughs> taller, and all those sort of things. He's got. He looks like a lot of guys. Like he looks like. Mate, you're selling him short. You're selling him short. Yeah, you know, and a great dancer. <laughs> but he, we we actually tune in when when Sticky's having a press conference and shoot the messages back because I can't wait. I love it when the Raiders get, or the Chooks used to get beat or the Bulldog, whoever he's in charge of. I'd love to see him, you know, with the, you know, a new South with the New South Wales team as it's currently set up. Please, can we give him the job <laughs> at New South Wales and and see what happens when stuff falls apart? Because the dude, I kind of think I'm a bit like that. You know, we all could think we've got that inside of us. Yep. Um, but you all like to think that you're bigger than that too. And I get that it's hard because I mean I've kicked holes in walls and done irreparable damage to TV and myself, my personal. I still carry two massively um, disfigured toes from kicking, um, uh, you know, the chair <laughs> when Man United beat Newcastle and um, actually not Man United, no, the you know Liverpool Newcastle loss, and it, it hurts. But I think that you have to take that little thing. So I'm going to step back. I'm not going to talk straight up. And when I do settle down, I'm going to talk about. I just think that that and they owe that to the to all the fans, including the crackpots, and the even people and the overly analytical people, and to the kids, to say that if we really were the best team, we're going to win that game. And with videos and stuff, you honestly have to say, all right, we just got to suck it up. I think so as well. I mean, like, as I said, and I've come back to that Richmond West Coast game, and I'm only using it because it's my most recent thing where I could not shake it for a couple of days, the loss. And I did mm. not, and honestly, I didn't blame the umpires. The umpires were horrendous, but that's part of the home crowd advantage, don't you think? Like that. That's the that, AFL, man. That unconscious kind of bias. I mean, imagine 43,000 people, you know, calling out ball or whatever. It's got to have an effect, no matter how good an umpire you are, you know. It's well, got to have a slight effect. Here's a yes and no for you. Here we go. All right. Yep. Uh, would you rather see one – and I, I just, we're going back a long time. Let's do it. Um, two AFL referees – that's the first one. Just two AFL referees – one plays in one half of the field and the other plays at the other half. Then the current oh, setup. I, I like it. Um, I can't comment. It's a yes or no. Uh, and they yes. don't move to, They don't move sides. They stay there the whole time and that's it. Yes. You're asking and they yes can't no, be can't... overruled in it's in their half. Because I think that's where a lot of the problems come up is when you've got dudes overruling from fucking... Oops, pardon me. You've got to black that out. From... 95 metres away, you know, they run in, they go, uh-huh. it's like, hang on, what, the, what could you see? And then the players, the players who are so conditioned to play on and play for advantage, they, they've mm. already run 40 metres and handballed or kicked it, and the, um, and you hear it, no, no, out of zone, out of zone umpire, no play. You know, I mean, it's just confusing the game. And, and, and you would have heard this hundreds of times in the past two or three years where one umpire will go in the back, and the other will overrule and say, no, and no, play on. the ball or, or play on. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you're hearing it a lot more um, with the umpires. It happens being... a lot. It's really confusing. I think, the, okay, I get the games very fast, but guess how you deal with that? Let's go back to my old thing, which is let's cut all the interchanges down. And oh, so we're, we're just going to do normal sport. Uh, we're well, gonna mate, do it so, you've got to run it out. The AFL's never or VFL or Sandful or Waffles, you know, always had um, different rules with interchanges. There was ones where there was no interchanges and it was just injury subs and so forth. Or um, once you were subbed off, that was it. So it's very much like, you know, modern football. But um, I think, you know, we could come out with any rule we want. I'd love to see 10 interchanges, including injuries per quarter. I'll go with that. that. that With a maximum bench of four. Yeah. Yep, I love it. You know, and no injury sub. If someone gets injured, too bad, too sad. You know, I'm, oh, you're gone. I, 
I, I, we've all done it. I, I remember having a really done my almost done my knee, and just to keep a, an opponent on me, I just mm. sat in the forward pocket. I don't think I got any touches or anything, but someone had to stand on me. So I would love to see that. Now, you'd really see the game back to what it was, I reckon. Yeah, the quote a phrase about... is pretty pretty popular these days, um, Paul. I need you to educate me on this, right? Okay. I might please, edu- help. please educate me on this. I will attempt. Is, why is it that a sport that, and I can't think of too many others, maybe except water polo, that values aerobic capacity more than any other mm. can allow their absolute greatest players' achievements to be diluted by the fact that you can rotate 10 to 12 guys through, not, not as just as a midfield, but in any area between the half foot to the both half forward lines and just to run and run and run and tackle and tackle and tag. And say that's cool for and without you know you you just got to go out and run for two minutes and then come back in and say that's what we want. I don't understand it because I, to I, me I, that they were the, they were the great players those those just never say die guys like I was go back to my old mate Diesel Williams and you know what they tired out and he got better all the time. Jared Healy tired out got better all the time. I just don't understand why they do it. I have to be biased and say Kevin Bartlett, who one of the greatest. I mean, the guy is a stick figure. Yeah, he never, he never died. No, and he would kick a lot of goals late in games. So when he um, was playing, was there only two bench players, and you came off, and that was it? You came off, and that was it. Your dad would know better than me because that's going back to late seventies, early seventies, late seventies. Yeah. Yeah, and and um, plenty of times, you know. games were decided that way. You know, you only had those two choices. I, The modern game, the aerobic capacity. Ross Glendinning, uh, he, he never died. He oh, got mate, bigger so and many. faster as the whole game went on, yeah? Guys like Barry Cable, one of the greatest footballers mm. uh, from WA and, and obviously played uh, for North Melbourne and so forth, that probably wouldn't have got a game in the modern – you know, these guys wouldn't have got a game in the modern game. Tony Lockett would have been called Chief Bat. Um, who, Jason Dunstall might have been called too fat and look at what a legend he is I just think we've changed the game it, everyone goes on about how the skills are better but are they? Because, I think so I watched I I watch the, the 2001GF last yep. week to indulge myself um, and the first three quarters of that game were incredible Yep. the and, last and, quarter and, was awesome but it wasn't incredible because the Lions were starting to just take the game away, you know. But uh, the, the the old quote I always remember about it, my good mate Veg showed it to me at a cafe called the um, Green Iguana in Newtown in Sydney uh, <laughs> the day after that because we were going to the Knights Parramatta GF and NRL. We'd all watch that game the day before uh, on the telly. And, you know, the way things go, the next year we went to Melbourne for the – you know how things go, right? Uh, it was a cricket trip. Yep. And the quote was in the Melbourne age that the bombers threw all manner of kitchen sinks at the Lions. <laughs> but they put a plug in it and they managed to win. And it was like, you know what, that's the way the game went. And um, I still think it's one of the – well, I haven't watched it for a long time, but if anyone wants to know how good of a team the Brisbane Lions were, go and watch that game against the team yep. of the century. Yep. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Right, look, we're not the only people saying this. It's it's all over social media. It's all over conversations. If you're having a talk about AFL in the pub and stuff and, and, and probably showing my age now, I am yearning for those times. I'm not enjoying my AFL. You know how much of a fanatic I am. I am not enjoying mm. it anywhere near what I did, you know, 10, 15 years ago because we, we've got all these six foot five, six foot six athletes who can run all day and all these different kind of things. And that's yeah, it's because they keep getting subbed off. That's what I was about to say to you. You know, I want to I want to see, you know, they always used to say that, you know, the small men get tired, but the big men never get smaller. And that was a saying mm. in, 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 in the, you know, in Aussie rules for so many years. And it was so true because the big guy is still going to be there when the ball's coming in at the end of the game. And the small guy is getting that's- tired, but that's going now. Well, Plugger didn't need to run, you know, a marathon, did he? But 
you know, correct me if I'm wrong, and you have got your ear way closer to the ground than I have on this, and a lot of listeners might think, well, Johnny's an idiot, whatever, but I'm starting to see some of that discussion about, you know, the greatest teams of all time, okay? And as we get further away from great teams, you can look at them and go, oh, who was playing, how they play, what did they do? Yep. And I really do think that the Lions playing in that non-ridiculous amounts of interchange era, I actually think people look on that pretty favourably when it comes to out of those great teams since, whether it's Geelong or or Hawthorne or mm-hmm. your mob, is that who would actually beat – what set of rules are you going to use? Are you going to have a, a 150,000 substitutes or are you just going to go up against our midfield – from 01 to 04. But then you're also, I mean, there's so many parameters you have to put in there. You, you only have to look now at, uh, oh, there's so many factors, isn't there? Um, the, the way the draft is set up now, it's the, the soft seller cap, the hard seller cap, there's so many factors. Is, we can have this discussion in uh, Buenos Aires about the greatest teams ever from Argentina. We could have this argument in a, a bar in... Well, that wouldn't last or- long because it would be 1986. Yeah, <laughs> you know well, what so I mean. Yeah, yeah I, know, oh, I know. I was talking, I was, but uh, you know, you could be you could be in uh, New York and talking about the greatest Yankees team of all time. You know, it's just I don't think I think we need to get away from it. I don't think there can be if a team. No, it's eight, fun. It's it is fun, fun to do it, and, it, and I, think, it. I think it's rele- I think it's relevant too because hey, you say I'm just going to say the lines, but you know I got to respect the achievements of the teams that come. I've said to you open on this podcast that I think Richmond have the greatest finals player I've ever seen. And I never thought I'd say I was seen a better player than Tony Lockett. I put Dusty Martin right above. I've got to put him in front of the guys of um, the dudes all play for the Lions and say, I respect that. Does that. Do I think that they're a better team than the Lions? No, I'm still not convinced about that because you can't convince me that the competition is good now as it was back then. Mate, the, 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 the funny thing is, I look at two teams that should have been in this discussion, and, and this is why you've got to take your opportunities. And I might not see another Richmond Premiership for many years. I think we've got the nucleus to, to challenge for the next Well, you years. might. But I might. But, mm. but then you don't know, right? Because I look at North in the 90s, who could have won three or four, and I look at the Essendon team of the late 90s, early 2000s, when you guys were playing really well, and they are two of the best teams I've actually seen. Wow. And what I, about Hawthorne well, of the late 80s? Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. Here's actually, the thing, there's I, an argument to say that Hawthorne of the 80s with Barrett and all that is, that's to, actually, I'm going to take a step back and say they were the best team I've seen. Well, the Barrett the Brereton team, that's, that's and, the team. But, but what a great era that was with Essen and Hawthorne, Carlton. It was real great competition. I mean, Melbourne possibly should have won a grand final in that period of time. But I, I, I suppose the argument I'm saying here is that North won two grand finals in that period. And mm. and with care, I mean, you look at their team, I, it, we're talking, take away the achievements and we've got to look at the rings and the medals and all that, right? Have a look at that North Melbourne team. Um, you got you got, you know, Wayne Carey, obviously, you got Johnny Longmire. You had Corey McKernan. They were just three of the forwards there. You had Brett Ellison. Yeah, Brad had, Stevens. Brad, great I team. Mean, oh, my God. Like, from back to front, that is one of the greatest teams I've ever seen. And they got two premierships out of that. Do you know what I mean? So, like, honestly, I, I went to a lot of Well, I do. Games. I do because they were, they were one of the teams that the Lions had to wrestle it away from. And you did. And we had a pretty good rivalry with them, um, and, you know, Jason McCartney was in the Bali bombings and all that sort of stuff. Unless I'm comes wrong. back and kicks Richmond's butt. You know? Yeah, yeah so, but- I mean, they were a great team. Yeah, they, and um, as a Lions fan, I truly hated them, but I respect them. I don't think they're the you – know, I, I couldn't put them against Hawthorne of the late 80s. But, but then, I mean, I could. That's just me. I, I, I saw a lot of North Melbourne at that time because uh, my brother Luke's a big North fan, so he'd come to Richmond games with me and I'd go to North games with him. And it was an absolute pleasure, except when they played us, watching that team. I hated Hawthorne, mate. I think you're right. I just didn't like <laughs> Everyone them hated them because they just won all oh, the goddamn time. They still it do. Wasn't, it wasn't just the winning. It was something about them. But you, wanna, you know how like, people talk about the hard times following a club? I think oh, yeah. Hawthorne. I think Hawthorne won... And I could be I'd be happy for anyone to correct me here. I think Hawthorne won sixties a grand final in the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands. I'm pretty I'm sure. I've got a friend of mine here, Rob. Now, and he's I think he says that 
in the last 40 years, they've won like 30% of the premierships. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to talk about greatest club. They had a little like, downtime in the early in the early um, 20 aughts to 10s. Yeah. But didn't, didn't they, they come back with they a vengeance? Didn't they sneak one in 2008? I don't know. I can't remember. You're the, you're the AFL guy. I'm pretty. I'm sure doing my did, best but... to keep. I'm going to do my best to drive a discussion about AFL, and I think I'm doing pretty good as a dude who knows nothing about it. You're doing fantastically. I mean, right. <laughs> you know your footy, mate. Of all, of all, <laughs> got kinds. me well plied up now, and I'm a very one-eyed fan. And I was looking for things to do this weekend with the, without the Lions playing. Wasn't well, nice. mate, I'm facing I'm facing that this weekend, and it's I'm really struggling to come to terms with it. But and to mate, any Lions I, fan, and can I just have one last thing about you know last week I had my Mia Culpa about um, not mentioning <laughs> the back line. The Lions fans were calling out Chris Fagan because we lost against Melbourne. We need to get a life, mate. That's what it. a what a brilliant story! I didn't realise how good. Um, Chris Fagan's story was like I knew it was a good story but when I went you know saw a bit of a tweet about Chris Fagan saying you know I never played at the top level and I've been given you know the the trust of this club to coach and it just was amazing when you go back and look at his story I, I just love it you know it's it's there's a lot of coaches in NFL and college football who weren't great footballers but became great coaches I and- played for that's one of the topics I wanted to speak to you about later on because in 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 the Euros, there's one particular team who I believe has has jumped at, and we'll come to a bit later on, who's jumped at the idea of getting a guy who's a great player to be a coach when they've got a, an amazing history of creating coaches who create teams. Well, mate, let's jump across. Do you know the who Euros. I'm talking about? No, you're going to talk. You're going to tell me in a moment. But oh. the Euros, the Euros have been. I've, I've enjoyed the timing of the Euros. Mm. You got an eleven o'clock game, then what? You got a three o'clock and a five o'clock game most mornings. I'm absolutely loving the Euros, and I said it to you last week. It, it, it took, it snuck up on. Uh, breaking this show, just thought we'd tell you about a couple other initiatives we've got. Change rooms for change, which is a free service for clubs to you know highlight what they're doing in the community, how they're opening up the change rooms for those in need. Uh, also, educational aspects there, and three mates can, which is about getting other men to hold each other accountable. Most importantly, treat women as well as we can. This is the Love Sport Podcast. Stuck up on me a bit. Um, so let's let's talk a bit of Euros. We'll come to that coaching um, element in a moment. But what have you thought of the standard of the football? Considering the, a lot of the leagues have been all over the place and obviously the effects of COVID and not being able to get together as national teams, what have you thought of the standard so far? I think there's nothing like international football at a big tournament to actually galvanise galvanise players and make them want to play. And everything else goes to the side. I, I thought the standard's been pretty good so far. I've enjoyed most of the games. I don't know what... If there's been negative feedback, I haven't said it. I've really enjoyed um, what I've watched. Now I'm. I had to. Um, I talked to my wife there, my um, just before we did the podcast, and well before I'd had a drink because I've been waiting in the green room for quite a long time tonight. Yeah, I kept them um, on hold, people. I did. Say, I said to Louise, we talked about my stamina and my capacity to stay. Um, uh, wait, wait, all where's night, this? I just need to know. All night, before... stay all night at football oh, tournaments oh, on, on, on World Cups or Euros. And I used to pride myself on my capacity to still be there in the morning, right? Yep. But I'm not that guy anymore. No, nor am I. So I have to pick and choose the games I watch. I love the Mega Mini feature on Optus. They're about 22 minutes, aren't they? The, oh, the... oh, no, they go for 40. So the. Oh, the, okay, mega, yeah, the, the mini yeah. goes oh, for twenty two. Yes, yes, the yes. mega mini goes for four. But I, I think I've worked out that that just has them showing a little bit more of Mel McLaughlin before and at half time, <laughs> which I can handle that. I prefer that to a little bit more of John John Aloisi coming up with stuff. But or Robbie Slater, you know, our old mate was. 
you know, I went to, what did we go? We went to the um, fundraiser there for some football club up in Brisbane and the the, the speakers were Robbie Slater, um, Trevor Gilmeister and Jimmy Ma. Yes. And one of the three wasn't funny. <laughs> oh, so anyway, we we did that and um, yeah, it was, but what I'm talking about, oh yeah, the football's been good. I've really enjoyed it, man. Mate, I, um, I, uh, my son was asking me this morning. He, he um, hasn't been able to watch a lot of it. He doesn't have Optus. And unless I'm up, he can't put it on and stuff. So we're trying to work that out with him. But he, he really wanted to know the result of Germany and France today. And I told him the score. And he said, oh, was it a good game? Because scores don't always... And I thought it was a superb tactical game. Oh, I thoroughly really really enjoyed, enjoyed that match. Yeah, same here. Like, it was a real pure football game. And um, it, it just goes to show, you know, people who don't know the game, they can look at a score and say, oh, I saw a nil-all draw. The only nil-all draw wasn't a rotten game. It was a really tactical game as well, two completely different um, setups. And it was intriguing to see one team try and break down the other. And I actually enjoyed that. I know it sounds, you know, nil-all, how boring is that? But it was so good. Well, um, the ebbs and flows of international football, it's, uh, it's a joy to watch, especially at the top, top, top level. And, and let's be realistic, Germany and France are sitting right at the top table of world football. Now, if you said to me, do you want to watch Man City play against PSG? Well, if you took me to the game and you took me to, um, to the Stade de France and said, here's a booth, you sit down there and you can meet all the players afterwards, drink some champagne, there'll be a couple of dancing girls come past you, they'll sort of like give you a little tweak and, all the, you know, I'll say that's great. But if you said to me, you can go to the France-Germany game at the Euro or the World Cup, I'll bite your hand off and say, yep. I'll be there at that. And and that's, just, you know what, I'm not going to apologise for the way I feel. I love international football. I love the purity of it. And I like the tactical content. Didier Deschamps has become a world a great manager. I'd hate to see him go back into club stuff. I thought I thought Yergi Love missed a beat this morning. Um, they don't have a big guy like a Mario Gomez or a, no. You know what would they give to have Mario Mandzukic as a centre forward? I think you're going to beat the French. You got to, I think you've got to send a battering ram in and beat them through the middle. And my man of the match though was um, Griezmann, who I thought was. Incredible getting, and they they hadn't mentioned him until right at the end. I thought, yeah, I was going to be the super smart guy. I thought I was going to come on a podcast. We're going to nail that, and I sent a message here or there, and then they mentioned it's like, oh, don't mention it. Um, Completely controlled. Yeah, I I thought Mbappe's um, uh, he was offside for one that was so close. I thought that was sensational composure, and then um, the tackle where uh, Mbappe was ten meters behind the uh, midfield or the defensive midfielder. And then it was a fantastic tackle, which actually looked like a penalty to me. Uh, uh, it was a good that, tackle, man. The replay was yeah, pretty was clear close. that he got the close. ball. Yeah. I mean, I was only going by my reaction at the time. So that's... you got to give old man Matt to... You know what? He, he, he stood there with him. He ran with him. You could see... Hey, and Beppo, he ran straight past him. And then to, to actually close the gap and, and to get that, that ball, get a touch. And let's take our hats off to the referee. And he said, no, nah, play on. Yeah, and no. thank goodness for that because it's just way too easy for them to go. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. When it first happened, I would have blown a penalty. And for once, I can actually say, yep, yeah, that, you know, VAR, whatever you want to say, um, it, you know, those kind of things that did show that he got it. Oh, what a time tackle that was because that was going to be a goal. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll go back to Griezmann for a minute um, because I actually think that he played the best defensive forwards game uh, on the right-hand side of defence at international that I've seen since Roberto Carlos. That's huge I thought he was ball. absolutely incredible, the work that he did. And he just goes to show that you don't have to be the greatest player to be in a – international football is about the team. You have to have some individuals. Yeah, you've got to have the quality and bits and pieces here and there. But you have to have the team that's going to die for you. International football, and I just love that so much. Well, and I thought that if, it was the best. It's the best. Well, Griezmann's performance this morning was the best 
all-round, um, total football, Dutch, whatever you want to call it, that I've seen for a long, long time. I thought he was absolutely magnificent. I just would love to have seen him score to top it off. And I, and you know what? I hate France. You know that. He was brilliant. Yes, I do. And, and look, let's um, hats off. I'm not wearing a hat, which I normally do. Hats off to Cristiano Ronaldo, who is the leading all-time Euro scorer. Um, did he score two in their three-nil win? I know he scored. No, he got one, one penalty, didn't he? There's one penalty, wasn't it? Okay, I thought he scored two goals. So I'm, I yeah, could be I wrong. Know. You know what? That was one of those games that went into the. I can't last all night anymore. I'm not going to bother about hungry Portugal. I'll see Ronaldo later been, in the tournament. You've you've been right many many times in recent weeks, but we know he scored at least one. But uh, look, I don't want to go into the goat conversation about football because we've got Maradonas and we've got. Palais, uh, but Cristiano Ronaldo has to be right up there as one of the greatest that's ever played. And uh, look, Portugal, Portugal are going to be right there when the whips are cracking. There's a lot of talent in that team, and, and Ronaldo might not even be the most talented player right now. I've done some work um, getting in the lead up to this podcast, and I had like plenty of hours sitting by myself waiting for you to do it. So I've got a yes that's- no for you. I'm going to stop for one second. Listeners, that's another slap down. I have apologised for uh, holding uh, John <laughs> right, up mate. there. but uh, <laughs> mate, you know, go, for the, go for the yes, no, and I'll throw one back at you. Is Ronaldo's ability to lift his national team at major tournaments the decisive argument that makes him the greatest player of his generation? Yes. Do you know what my answer to that would be? It would be yes, too. There you oh, go. Whew. I was going to say, I was actually would be surprised that you didn't say yes because that he's lifted some, yeah, he's lifted lifted some okay teams to to great heights. Mate, I've got one for you. We asked it earlier. I don't think there's anything that's going to change his answer. Will England win the Euros? I can't answer yes. I can't opine on anything I've seen so far. I'm going to stick with – it is can they win, yeah, not will. Oh, no. Will England win the Euros? Because can is a yes. Will is the, is the actual definitive word. No. Wow. Okay. Uh, another yes, no for you. Mm-hmm. Do you believe AFL or NRL teams should sack coaches midseason? Yes. Awesome. Love it. I'm going to give you a keep kick cuddle, mate. Uh, okay. Djok- Djokovic, LeBron, Lewis Hamilton. Oh, the far out. You've come hard at me, haven't you, because of the last couple of weeks. All right. Djokovic, <laughs> LeBron, Lewis Hamilton. Um, I'm going to define it for you. Keep is the one that you really... Love. Yeah, I know. Cuddle, yeah, yeah. Cuddle, cuddle can be in between. It could be for whatever reason, and kick is obvious. Oh, Djokovic, LeBron. I'm, I'm not allowed to sound like a white supremacist, um, <laughs> and I'm not because I'm because I'm the blackest friend you've got too by skin color. Um, who am I going to cut? Who am I going to keep? Oh, this is really hard. I think we might have a real estate keep, agent. I'm going to keep this point. I'm going to keep Lewis Hamilton. Wow. Okay. Yep. Yep. Because I did some digging with some – we've all got contacts and friends, yeah? Mm-hmm. And I did some digging in the motor industry about him, about where he started. And he's come – when I, I could be wrong, but what I was told was that he really has done this from the ground up. Oh, you have? His dad – and all that, so I'm going to respect that. And even though he pisses me right off right now, and you know what? I tell you what, he is—he's an incredible. He doesn't choke, so he's got that in front of LeBron. Mm. I'm going with um, um, Hamilton one. Yep. Um, I'll go with Novak Djokovic for the what's the second? The tickle. The cut. The cuddle. <laughs> the cuddle. I'll go with Djokovic for the cuddle because. He seems to have been on top of his game for a long, long time. Yeah, uh, I think he's an idiot. Um, he's lots of things, but everyone writes out a lot of excuse checks for people from the Balkans on social issues. Um, they don't write them out for people from 
uh, England or the USA most of the time. So I think I'll, I'll, I'll write him one of those checks out and say maybe he just doesn't understand about, like, wearing a mask or something. Now, I've got to kick. I've got to kick LeBron James. I think he's the most overblown, overhyped sports person of the last thousand years I've ever seen. Um, and I cheered for him a couple of years ago at Cleveland. Um, there's something about basketball that really rubs me the wrong way. I don't know what it is. It does, doesn't that. it? Yeah, I just, I man, I just almost swore again. I, I hate it so much. I hate them and the way that they that, that just... Oh, the only basketball I like is Shane Hill and who's that dorky tall dude? <laughs> the, the, greatest, the great Andrew Gaze, the greatest. <laughs> yeah, those two. Um, Mate, I, it just he drives me nuts, LeBron. He just never shuts up. And I'll tell you what, he deserves a big stint in the doghouse for his tweet about that that cop in the states who. Yeah. Yep. Got involved in that thing. I, I, who would want to put themselves in the situation where a, somebody's stabbing somebody and what are you going to do? Well, mate, you know I do love my basketball, but I've really, the last couple of years, and it's not because the Knicks are horrendous, the last couple of years I've really struggled. I, the three-point um, game has become so prevalent, and I know that American sports people are saying the same thing, that it's changed the nature of the game. Like, people don't get excited about the dunks the way they used to now because, you know, you throw the ball around four or five times, the guy inside will throw it out for the three-pointer. And it's got to the point now where even the big men are able to shoot the threes, you know, so easily. So some of the arguments are to move the um, three-point line out. And people are saying, well, you know, that's going against tradition. Do you know where the three-point line came from? You probably do. Was to get him out of the paint. Well, do you know do you know what competition it came from? Australia. It actually came from not Australia, but it did have an A in it. So the rival to the NBA was the ABA, um, and the ABA actually had the three points uh, in their competition, and the NBA didn't. When the NBA, uh, sorry, when the ABA folded, and those some of those teams went across to the NBA, um, they took the three point rule with them. So when people talk about history and oh, we can't get rid of this because it's been part, it hasn't. No, it you hasn't adapt and part. improve. And, and so I don't see any issue with them moving the three-point line out um, because right now it's destroying the game because I love the postman. You know, I love the guys inside, who, and, but they're becoming less and less relevant because... Um, Has it always big... been to me, and I don't know much about basketball, Paul, mm. but isn't it about driving to the basket, working those sections through there, and, you know, from time to time you hit a, you know, I don't know, a one-in-three three-point shot? Yeah, and now, now the primary thing, it is, honestly, the primary thing in the game now is to get it out to the uh, the guy who's – or two or three guys who are free to shoot three-pointers. Now, you know, I'm not putting down Steph Curry, right? But no one would say Steph Curry is the, one of the greatest players of all time. They'd say he's one of the greatest wouldn't shooters. Wouldn't they? He, he, because I don't know much about it, but well, I watched top, him dominate they wouldn't put him in, they wouldn't put him with in the, the Golden State. Five of all, you wouldn't put him in the top four or five all time. But you would put I don't him really care the, about the argument, but man, whatever. Yeah, but you would put him as the greatest shooter of all time. There's there's no one. And you can talk Larry Bird and all that. No one can shoot three-pointers from anywhere on the court like uh, Steph Curry. If you want to actually go and watch highlights, Steph Curry hits shots <laughs> from beyond beyond mid-court. Beyond, you know I don't. I, mean? I don't want to watch them. I know, I know you don't. And, <laughs> and you'll, be, you'll be really sad to know. I actually watch old basketball highlights and stuff every single night. I know. It's a really I, sad Look, thing. I've got so many friends who love it and all that, and I get it. Like, I mean, my best friend my best friend is a basketball guy, right? Mm-hmm. But I just – okay, when my, when I was getting my um, knees replaced, I sat and I watched – I wasn't allowed to move. Yep. I had to watch two things during that time. One was um, th- I was forced by my then – 16-year-old son to watch the first ever movie of Star Wars for the first time. <laughs> and then he put the second one on because I couldn't move and a third one and I just wanted to die. And then after that, I got stuck and I I was on watching – I watched the – actually, it wasn't stuck. I watched the Cavs 
win their title. And that was yeah. good. I was cheering for them because it was Cleveland. They suck at everything. So not so much now. But, you know, I, I, I cheered for LeBron. I just don't think he's that amazing of a guy. And I and I don't like the way he's held his teams out to dry either when I've read, read about what he's done with his teams. Well, it's just funny. The theme of our night um, has actually been, you know, we're sounding like the guys who hate anything new. But I, I can only go by what I feel and what I see. And, and all these sports are changing because literally at the moment, a team can be 20 points behind in the NBA, right? Mm. And that's nothing now because the three-point game is so prevalent that it's just changed the game. And it's uh, – uh, here we go. It's changed it to a game I don't recognise. <laughs> well, they need to do something, though, with the timing of the – at the end of the game there because it seems to go forever as well. But anyway, let's get off basketball because – People in our audience who want to kill right, themselves right. and keep yeah, doing yeah, yeah. it. I've got a yes-no so... for you. Oh, here we go. Then I've, then I've, okay. then I've got a Is nice pretty every... one. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I try, I, I, I'm known as a bit of a wordsmith when it comes to writing, and I pride myself on writing. I tried to write this the best way I could, but it was really hard. Hmm. And I don't want to be cynical, but I am. Is every member of the press corps sports, of the sporting press corps' revulsion at the fact that the cameras kept rolling during the Christian Eriksen issue, real or are they crocodile tears? Uh, is it real? I'm just going to stop there, yes or no. Was their revulsion no. real or was it manufactured? Oh, it's a yes, no. So I can only say All right. No. Was, there, was their revulsion in the first instance real? No. Great. Thank you. <laughs> the hubris of some of these guys is just starting to do my goddamn head in. I look first you know, if of that, all. If, if, if that was if that was a car accident in Miami at the Gold Coast, yeah, there's coffin chasers everywhere filming everything, and people watch it twenty four seven. Well, thank God, Ericsson's Yeah, thank thank God that. I'm not the here nor there on that, Paul. But I'll tell you what, yeah. like, is the is this whole revision of. Oh, I can't believe the BBC had on TV. You know, at what point when something that was happening that's never happened before on live TV at a sports event was happening, would you as the producer say, we need to cut this and go to an ad? Ah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, yeah, look, I've got a whole heap of thoughts on it, mate, to be honest. I think you, in those times you become human and you do think of the families. I, I do. I do think of... His, you know, wife and kids seeing that, and I don't know. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about mm. the fact that it was a live broadcast, right? Yeah. And yeah. and and this is the thing. All these things are really in. It's moments in time. Yeah. Now I didn't watch yep. it because it. Um, I mean, that Denmark game wasn't one that was high on my list of priorities, right? No, but, I didn't see it. I didn't see that. I got up early to watch the next game and the the Optus guys, oh, geez, I nearly said the SBS guys, that is dating myself, we're all talking about this terrible thing that happened. But no one actually said what had happened. No, that was the thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, was, yeah. I was the same as you. I was the same as you. Mate, I have, to, I have to come at you pretty hard on this one because believe it or okay. not, this has been a really great pod. It's gone so quickly. We're 50 minutes in. <laughs> England's cricket team. Have you yeah, yeah. held on to your core of players for too long? No, the f problem is we didn't play them during the last test series. That's a very fair call. Okay, I got one for you. Yes or no? And I promise I won't jump into this. And I do apologise about that one about about the press call, but I kind of just find that whole Mia Culpa's thing of a, it's the worst thing ever. It's like, come on. Nah, okay, it yeah. happened. It shouldn't have happened, but the. We it, it it happened. Okay. Now someone Should someone be... can correct me on this. I'm going to stop you for one sec. Someone can correct yeah. me on this. I'm pretty sure there's been a lot of horrific things that have been shown from sporting events. For example, um, I'm pretty sure that when Nicky Lauda had his horrendous um, car accident in the car Everyone was on fire. It. It, 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 yes, that, that's thank you. That's what I was going to say. I'm pretty Alex sure. Alex McKinnon. That, Alex McKinnon. Oh, don't mate. That, 
I almost got tears thinking about that. Not because it was against my team, but seeing anyone go through that, that what that was, yeah. Anyway, who was the forty nine? The forty niners um, oh. linebacker whose leg wrapped around. Oh, don't. Uh, okay, and okay, I get another, his life and death, but at that point, like, who would know? Like, a, another one, mate, Nathan Brown from Richmond, when he broke his leg in about three spots and nonstop, and you know, we've both had massive leg yeah. injuries. They, they were rewinding it and showing it, rewinding it and showing it. I had to, yeah. I, 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 I actually did vomit. They, they were showing his leg break in slow motion. It's not just sport, mate. Oh. Every day there's a rod on TV or a car or something terrible. Yeah, hey, let's get off that topic. I yeah. just wanted to. You're going to ask. Should have said, let's This is definitely a yes or no. Okay. Should the offside rule in football go back to everyone who was offside actually being offside? Yes. Nice answer. I'll appreciate that. <laughs> Didn't <Okay>. have a choice. <laughs> I've got to keep cuddling kick for you as well because I know we're under the pump. Fire it up. Yogi Love. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, Yogi Love. Yep. Paul Green or Stewie Jew. I just said that, sorry. Um coach keep, is under pressure. Keep oh, coach is under pressure. Keep Yogi Love. Mm-hmm. Cuddle. Stewie Jew, because you've got to have long arms for that. You'd have to be Mr. Tickle. Yeah. He's, I tell you what, like, he, he's honestly doing the Mickey Quinn thing with where are the pies, yeah. And kick Paul Green, because I, I just don't see him as a winner in any regard. Uh, maybe as a human being, but not as a coach. So there's yeah, my atrocious. answer for you. Atrocious. And they're all strugg- on struggle street. But I, I don't disagree with you on any of that. I've got another one. Last one of my questions to you. Done. Keep, cuddle, or keep. There's four in it. Oh, shivers. So what do I get to do? Do I get to, like, keep two and cuddle two and kick? When you've done it, didn't you used to have a criteria where there was four things? Keep, cuddle, lick, and keep. What was it? Uh, It was something like that, mate. It went went redonkulous, so I had to cut it down. Okay, let's go. Keep, cuddle, or keep. You've got three. Four, you can pick three to do what you want with. The other can leave alone. Right, yeah. France, Germany, Spain, or Italy. Yeah, in which sport? <laughs> Football, mate. It's not rugby, is it? No, I know, I know, I know. Oh, no, um, field hockey in which they're all actually quite good. They're actually pretty good. So we've got France, Germany, Spain, and Italy. Is that correct? Yeah, let's, let's say the Euros. Okay. okay. Um, are we talking now or over the history of the clubs? I have to clarify. Forever, this. whatever. Forever. Which one, which okay. one of those countries okay. are you prepared to... Keep, I'm going to keep. keep. I'm going to keep Germany because they've given me so many sporting highlights and they've been just such a great football country. So I'm keeping Germany. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cuddle Italy for the same reason, and mm-hmm. I'm going to kick France and Spain because I really couldn't give a crap about them. Fair enough. Last question: Yes or no? World Cup in Qatar? No. Good. All right. <laughs> I got. I got to keep kick cuddle for you. All right, and um, and you have to do you have to keep one of these. You have to kick one. You have to cuddle one. Olympics, BMX, surfing, skating. Well, the 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 keep is the oh, let's let's reclarify. Keeps the top one, yeah. Yep. It's got to be. Oh, oh, you mean it's Olympic sports? I was going to keep the Olympics. Okay, so <laughs> at the Olympics, or oh, these three sports. So surfing, BMX, and skateboarding. And skating. Yep. Is that like skateboarding or yes, inline skate- skating Sorry, or ice skating? Apologise. Skateboarding. So we're going for the new age style Olympic uh, sports there. Oh. And I do have to clarify surfing. that I have a I have a toe in each of these sports. Well, toes are probably the wrong metaphor to use. So <laughs> skateboarding. Surfing and what's it on? BMX. BMX. Jeez, BMX. Far out. Um, well, okay, I'm going to. <laughs> it's really hard because you're tossing up who's been at the Olympics the longest, what's an actual legit Olympic sport, and what's a legit sport. 
historically. It's a really hard mix. I'm going to go err on the side of I think the Olympics should be a showcase for the greatest sports people in their sports on the planet yep. and legitimate sports, real sports. I live on the Gold Coast, uh, go up Australia. Um, I think surfing is a, is a serious sport and should be treated as such as I'm going to I'm going to keep surfing. Yep. Okay. So that comes down to I'm going to toss. Doesn't matter whether I. It, it's not about whether I cuddle. It's about who I toss out. So I've seen this happen. I've seen tossing go with softball when it shouldn't have happened. Um, Agreed. In the place of places like things like golf and 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 tennis, which I just don't think should be there, but if it's going to be between skating and what's the other one? Skating and BMX. Jeez. They do the same things on a different thing. Um, If I was going to watch one, I'll watch BMX. I'm going to go with BMX to cuddle and Scotty can do what it wants. I mean, seriously, I don't care. <laughs> it's a, it's an X Games thing, man. They they both are. I, I, I'd gladly su- sacrifice both of those to put surfing in the Olympics. Mate, I love it. I love it. Uh, look, it's been another fantastic podcast. We've gone all over the place. So anyone who can follow this, um, throw us some conversation pieces on Love Sport on Facebook and Twitter. Um, John, anything else you want to – well, I want to ask you this. Does Scotland, England at five o'clock on Saturday morning, is it one of the biggest games of the Euros? Or is it, you know, where does it sit in in your kind of football hierarchy there? You want to have people being honest on these discussions and people talk about being on the and stuff like that? Okay, I'll give you my answer. I could not give uh, a crap because I think England will thrash Scotland. And I think Scotland is not even close to being a football power at the moment. But I'm still going to get up and watch it. <laughs> I've spent my whole life where I always cheered for the home countries from um, Britain and Ireland, including Northern Ireland and Ireland, right? Scotland against whoever they were playing. Yeah. Um, and the Socceroos. But as I've gotten older, I've become aware of the fact that there's never really a day that's ever happened that anyone from Scotland's ever actually given a shit about the English cricket or football or rugby teams. Yep. And so I actually think that one of the most hated sports brands on the planet and some of the people that get the most derisive and horrible treatment around the planet and they don't just get it from one country or two countries. They get it from about 50 or 60 different countries, whether it's Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, um, um, the United States, Scotland, is, is, and all of Europe, everywhere else, and now the whole colonial stuff. It's like everyone hates England. And no one barks that thing louder than the Scots. Mm. So... You tell me if it's important or not because I tell you what, Scotland hasn't been in a major tournament for 19 years or is it 19 years? I thought it was over that, but yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. All right. Well, whatever it's been, I haven't missed them. No, look. And I hope that no. England runs them out of the tournament and and I hope that, you know, it is what it is because, well, how can I actually honestly say – Oh, geez, I hope it's a great game. Um, no. What are Scotland fans going to say? Well, mate, I grew up in Frankston. So, yeah, I'll be watching it because it's important. Because if England lose, they're going to be a laughing stock around the whole planet. Everyone knows it. And everyone's waiting, teed up around the entire goddamn globe to go, you know what, England, your shit and all your supporters are shit. Everyone there, that is crap and all that, right? So I'm just going to say, I know what, I, I'm get up. I hope it's a fantastic game, and I hope England win by five. <laughs> I grew up in Frankston, so I grew up with a lot of Scots, um, which you might not know, that in Victoria, a lot of Scottish people live in Frankston. I love and... Scottish people, man. Oh, no, 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 no. no. It's yeah, not about, we're, we're it's about separate. the football no, no. team. 
No, that, that's what I was just about to say. So I had an affinity when I was growing up with, with a lot of Scottish football because my coaches were Scottish and probably why I was never good at football. Um, but uh, I suppose the thing is, if this was 10, 15 years ago, I would have said, oh, I hope this is an upset and everything. But I'm actually hoping that England, it's a very average Scottish team and a couple of the players from Scotland or one of them plays for Villa, right? So you'd think I'd have a foot in that camp. But I want England to actually live up to their potential and actually be the football team they should be. And if they're going to do that, they should beat Scotland three or four nil. It's Scotland. I can't beaten. believe I'm even putting it out there on broadcast that I would be doing that, but I have to have a position and my position. Yeah. This, this is like, if it's like Queensland, New South Wales, I mean, what am I going to do? I'm never going to get into a Barney with a friend of mine who's from New South Wales. No, but and, I'm and certainly never going to say I'm not going for them. So we're not. And so down, I'm definitely going for England. Of course you are, and we're not putting down Scot- Scotland or Scottish people. We're telling the yeah. truth. Scotland is not a good football team to watch. They haven't been for many years. They're not producing the quality players that that, that a football nation that's meant to be that proud well, should I'm be. I'm not saying any of that because that's what worries me the most. And and so is it going to turn it into a fist fight, a hand fight at three paces? It's like going to Muirfield in rugby. It's like anything. Hey, man. The part of England that my family's from is Newcastle. It's right up on the borders. Of course. It's the last place between England and, and Scotland. One of my favourite places in the world to drive and hang out and go do anything is the Scottish borders and up for all those areas that go Dumfries, the Stirling Bridge, all that. Who cares? If you're going to be, if, if you're going to win the Euros, you need to put a team like this to the sword. If they go ultra defensive, then you need to work, you know, work out how to break them down. Simple as that. I can't wait for the game. Another great podcast, mate. Um, your Brizzy Lions should get a win on the weekend. Um, you should have uh, England win. It should be a fantastic weekend of sport for you, mate. I just want to and I read that that question about Scotland England. That's a hard one, and all the best to my. Scottish friends, I did enjoy the fact that at the end of the game against, uh, was it Slovakia they were playing there? The other, not Slovakia, Czech Republic. Was it they did manage to find the crying dude in the Tamashana with the orange hair hanging out at the end, <laughs> at, who reminded me of um, the Newcastle United version of the huge fat dude they always find a relegation day who's crying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, or, and, or, the, or the Richmond supporter for 40 <laughs> years who would um, microwave their membership. And by the way, right back to the, just to put a bow on it, my team at the start of the tournament, who's disregarded its amazing history of creating great coaches, is Holland. Oh, of course. Shout out to Niels, our uh, Dutch mate, who I went to the Brisbane Raw game with on the weekend. Cracking atmosphere. Um, I think the Raw had 30 shots and maybe 14 on target, John, and could not get the equaliser. And it was... I know football's not based on the finals the way Australia has it, but, geez, it was unreal to see an elimination final on the weekend. Yeah, my thoughts go to all those fans at that game. <laughs> no one... <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. I was Paul, your host, and joined by my co-host, John. Get us on the Love Sport Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Join the conversation. Get me on Paul underscore football. Give me a follow. Give me a comment. Do whatever you choose to do. Block me. It's all good. And get John on Lambic Peach. This is, was, and always will be the Love Sport Podcast.